You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to geeksradio.com or searching Geeks Radio on iTunes. Geeks Radio is a presentation of Endlight Entertainment. Warning, the episode you're about to listen to may include plot spoilers and naughty language, so listener discretion is advised. It's time for Trek Off! Benedict Cumberballs! Welcome to Trek Off! My name is Justin! And my name is Alexia! And blah, 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 we are talking <laughs> blah, blah, about... Blah, blah, blah. And today, uh, welcome to the Trek Off Show. My <laughs> name is Justin. And my and name today, is Alexia. And today, today, what are we going to talk about? Poor Picard. Poor, Poor Picard. sad, miserable Picard. But first, um, <laughs> let's talk about something totally not related to Star but Trek. Before, but before that, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with Star Trek. Which isn't true, though, because we already we proved, I feel like definitively, at some point, everything goes back to Star Trek. Yep, absolutely. Except for this. I made <laughs> an Irish breakfast for dinner last night. We Today, as of the day of this recording, it'll take me a couple days to get it up. So, as of the day of this recording, it'll take me a couple days to get it up. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> we'll let it go, but... <laughs> but that's just um, really sad for your wife. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm Irish. Um, so, <laughs> it, um, uh, yesterday was St. Patrick's Day, and uh, mm-hmm. I made an Irish breakfast for dinner. And it was delicious. Did you do anything special for St. Patrick's Day? I saw the thing on Google. Oh, that my, had, my picture? <laughs> that had the clotta. Like, but the what? You the didn't clotta. Like... They had the little, the lovey hand things. And the Google Doodle. The Google Doodle. <laughs> oh, you, did, you didn't like like drink Guinness or Jameson's or, or like have like corned beef and cabbage or anything like that? Was no, we might have gone someplace to drink green beer if we could have left, but Winter was like, just kidding, I'm not done. So. I know, seriously, no matter where you were in the country, like if you're in California, you're having an earthquake. Because um, they really? had a four, yeah, in LA, they had a 4.4 earthquake in LA. Fuck. Um, and then here in DC, we had like like anywhere between four and eight inches of snow. Yeah. It's crazy. I was like, um, what the fuck? Oh, dude, dude. I went out, though, because I always go out to play in the snow, because I'm five. And, um, and at one point, it was like the biggest snowflakes I have ever seen in my life. All like, right. they were huge. And I guess they weren't, like, a singular, like, formed snowflake. It was like when all the little snowflakes get together and then they have an orgy and it's, like, a huge snowflake. Like, oh, it's yeah, like I that. love the snow. It's great. Oh, <laughs> yeah, do me in my snow hole. <laughs> <laughs> so I was catching those, you know, because that's how I do. What do you and do when you pr- play in the snow? Like, what is your what is your activity of choice while playing in the snow? Oh, me, I, I catch snowflakes, and I have a da- an 80s dance party. You, you, don't, you don't go, like, sledding or anything? Um, no, we don't have a sled. And we the best, sledding. And the best hill that we have here is, like, a road. Oh, yeah. So, like, I, I feel like that would probably not be a good place for a person to actually sled. No, I... <laughs> like, yeah, it's prob- dangerous probably, and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. It might, might like, like, reality might frown on that. 
Yeah. Um, I I also went out in the snow. Of course, I have, I have kids, and so we went out for like 20 minutes before they bailed. And I like I didn't want to go out. They're like, da 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 da. Let's go to the snow. I was like, I don't want to go out in the snow. No, let's go, let's go. Let's go. After like 20 minutes, I'm like, let's stay, let's stay, let's stay. They're like, we want to go in. It's like no. <laughs> It's so funny because, like in this scenario, uh, Mr. A is uh, is you, I guess. Because I'm like, yeah. please come like, out so with me, please come out. But no, he doesn't ever want to stay. Sadly, well, that's not true. He totally went for a walk with me. No, like later after the big snowflakes were gone. But the big snowflakes were crazy, dude. I don't know. If Whoa, hey! But it was Whoa, Neto. you just disappeared. You just internet disappeared for a minute. Oh, weird. It was amazing. You were just like, and then you were, and yeah, it was, it's where the, the Whoa. Did the Tholians Maybe we're not supposed you? to talk about the snowflakes. <laughs> Maybe it was a government conspiracy. No, yeah, the Tholians are supposed to know. I know. Yeah, the government's like, no snowflake talking ever <laughs> for any reason. It was special magical snowflakes. I can't believe it. Everybody. But then. But then I made, um, I made. Check out this dinner. Tell me how awesome this sounds. I made um, bangers, which is uh, like sausages, um, and then ham steaks, and then also fried eggs on top of mashed potatoes and beans, um, and it was delicious. It was a yeah. delicious that breakfasty sound dinner. Delicious. Sounds awesome. Of course, Mr. A thinks it sounds awesome, but um, but, but he's weird. The one thing I couldn't get was Irish soda bread. I was so like it, it's the one time of the year I ever have Irish soda bread, and I saw it the day before, and I was like, "Oh, I'll get it tomorrow," because I know I'm going back to the store. I go back to the store, and it's gone. Oh, see, that's what happens. Because everybody else out. wanted it too, because it was St. Patrick's Day. And I was such a, I felt like an idiot because I was like, I could have just gotten it yesterday. I saw it. It was there. It was within my grasp. Like, what possible reason did you have for not getting it? That is weird of you. <laughs> Simply because I knew I was going to the store the next day. I was like, oh, I'll just get it. But later. like, you were already there. It was within a foot and a half of my fucking hand. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I know. I know. You. Yeah, I. I don't know. Um. So. Um. What is soda bread? I don't even know. Like, how is that different than other bread? It's it's drier. It's kind of like the the inside of the bread is almost like the inside of a dry biscuit, but it's also sweet, and then it has some like currants or raisins or something in it, and it's really good if you warm it up and then you have it with salted butter. It's wonderful. It's hmm. really good. Um, I wouldn't have it every day, but it's sort of like it's a thing. It's an Irish thing. It's a St. Patty's Day thing. I mean, yeah. I'm certainly there's some Irish in me. <laughs> there's some Irish in me that sounds so dirty. In my um, in my butthole. <laughs> That's where I keep it, yeah. No, it's not, it's not that somebody's like having anal sex with me and they're Irish. It's actually that there's an Irish part of me that, that's right there in my that's anus. That's right there in the anus. Yes, that's yes. I, 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 I let it out on St. Patrick's Day. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's like, like a leprechaun. Yeah, it's like, it's I'm like, a leprechaun. It's like Grotto from, from, total, from uh, total Recall. <laughs> you let him out from Total Recall. Ew, but from your butt, dude. <laughs> That's really gross. I've got uh, a few other sci-fi things to share beforehand. Uh, um, one, uh, uh, not quite sci-fi, but Star Trek related. I am into the third season of Sherlock now. Yay! Um, have you seen all th like all of Sherlock that there is? Have you paid for I the third season? Yeah. Um, it's good. It's better than the second season. It's phenomenal. Like it just it just gets better and better. Like it doesn't it doesn't ever. Not. <laughs> it can't stop, stop, stop. Well, the, the the wedding is funny. The wedding is really funny. Uh, um, and, and and touching and yeah. like the the best best man speech ever. Like just you yeah. just cry because it's so yeah. sweet. And then it's weird because he's such a cold bastard usually, you know. Um. 
and also in geek news, although not necessarily uh, um, not necessarily sci-fi, um, I've started watching season four of Archer. Yes, it's so fucking good, Archer Vice, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's um, but it's not Archer. It's not um, it's oh, not Vice. season five's okay. Archer Vice. Okay, you're not in a yeah. season five yet. Okay. Um, it's really funny though. It's much better than the last season. And on your suggestion. Um, I got the uh, the Pam puppet for uh, Mrs. J. Yay! Um, and so she, she received it. it and loved it. And, and yeah, she <laughs> and it was on your guys' suggestions. I told her to get the Pam puppet for Oh, her. the Pam poopy. Yeah. yeah. The dolphin puppet. The dolphin yeah. puppet. That's and fucking awesome. <laughs> so, so, so she loved that. Um, and then, uh, um, as I may have mentioned last time, um, my older son uh, and I are working our way through the Star Wars movies. Um, and we 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 ended up going. There was you know some conversation going on um, on Facebook as to what order we should watch them in. Um, some people suggested you get your typical just four, five, and six, never the prequels. And I'm like, okay, well that's not going to work because I have posters for all six in my house, and he's going to be like, but what about these ones? What about those other ones, Dada? <laughs> um, and then some people said do machete order, which I think is like it's two. It's it's two, it's... four, five, three, six, and the idea is is you watch episode two and you get to know Anakin and Padme, you get to know them, and then you jump to Luke, right? And then and then it ends with Luke, I am your father, and then you right. go and you don't find out if that's true until the end of episode three, where you find out yes, Anakin does indeed become Darth Vader, um, and then and then you watch episode six, um. Uh, and then other people suggested do you do the original trilogy and then you can do the prequels. We got to start with the original man doing the and and I sort of get that for a couple of reasons. Um, one because they're like the original trilogy is better and show the better one first. And I get that, although I don't know if that's necessarily true to a seven-year-old with today's aesthetics. Um, and also. Um, the other question, the other reason is, is that people go, you know, if you go one, two, three, by the time you get to four, four will seem so much smaller because three is so huge and has all this huge shit happening, and then you get to four and it's, you know, little Attack on the Death Star and stuff. Um, <laughs> it's um, not a big war so, per se at that point. Well, well, let's let's just put it this way: Episode three ends with Anakin versus Obi Wan, and Episode four ends with Darth Vader versus Obi Wan, which is also Anakin versus Obi Wan. And say what you will about the the two trilogies, one lightsaber fight is really exciting, and the other one is just them kind of going back and forth, going clank, clank, clank. So, yeah. That's true. Like, they definitely... Lightsaber battles ha are better in, yeah. in the prequels, so, generally speaking. Um, although, although I will give you... Uh, my favorite lightsaber battle is actually Return of the Jedi. Because um, it looks... It's the only one where it really, really, really seems like Luke is trying to hit him. Um, my favorite lightsaber moment of any is when Luke just starts, like, kicks him over and starts fucking hacking away at him. Like that. Oh, yeah, 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 like when he's, when he, like, is all angry and shit and he just fucking hulks out on him. Yeah, it's not, it's not as impressive a sword fight. Right, it's but... not as, like, uh, intricate or acrobatic graceful. or what, or graceful or what have you, but it's certainly more emotionally moving, I would say. Well, yeah, you get the sense that these guys are trying to fucking kill each other. And it's the only yeah. one where you get, and and Empire, you also get the sense that Luke is just hopelessly outmatched. So, so like I get that. I ended up going one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, simply because if I were to go four, five, six, one, two, three, at the end of three, the bad guys win, and like that would be like, okay, hope you like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> 
like, Luke is good. We watch Vader get redeemed. Then we meet little boy Anakin. We watch him grow up, fall in love, murder his wife, turn to the dark side, get burned, get his legs cut off, murder children, get put in a suit. Bye. You know, I'm surprised. Like, like uh, that's the. I wonder. You know, I guess not being a parent myself. Like, I wonder about that. Like, like watching, like having a young child watch something like the third one, where like yeah. you know, he's killing children. Like that's that's yeah, we, brutal shit. Like you don't actually see it, but like I know for me, I have trouble watching the third one because of it. You well, know? and also Anakin with his legs cut off on fire, screaming, "I hate yeah. you." He's been the whether or not you like his performance. He's it's been a the bit hero of the film. Whatever, too, yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then Padme dying. I mean, it's like I, I was for the longest time. I would let him see anyone he wanted to see, except for three, and then a little bit of Episode Two where he kills, where his mom dies and kills the Sand People. But when he could handle Lord of the Rings, I was like, you know, I think he can probably do it. Um, and we did it. So we're now. I mean, for um, you, was it a? Being frightened by it, or was it just a like? Cause I, that's what I, I like. I said, not being a parent myself, I wouldn't know if it would be a question of like the child being, you know, made uncomfortable by it, or me feeling like I don't want to expose them to that level of violence. Yeah, it was. It was more the second. It was, you know, and it was by measures of degree. It's like as soon as I saw that he was not like terribly disturbed by Lord of the Rings, like I said, and it, the like Return of the King was much more violent than I remembered. Like I was when by the time that the orcs were like sending over the severed heads of the people who had attacked them. Oh wow! Like, you were like, oh, I, I, I'm like, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, this scene. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I forgot about this. Right. <laughs> um, uh, I feel like it, I would do that a lot. Like if I had children, like I would like because you know you don't that stuff doesn't phase us anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's like okay, yeah, but it doesn't occur to you as like. Wow, that's really fucking brutal, or whatever. And I'm I'm really choosy about the violence that I let um the kids see. The older kid, of course, the younger kids only too. But the older kid, I'm very choosy about the the violence I let him see. I don't let him see any realistic violence. So um so I won't let him see, for instance, like gunplay. Like I I okay. I had. I let him see Captain America, and even that, I started getting really uncomfortable because they're using machine guns and guns. They're shooting each other. Yeah, like, there's like soldiers. war stuff happening. And yeah. and and I almost regretted doing that because people are shooting like shooting each other with guns. But even then, it's the 40s. It seems like a long time ago. It's a I'd have a much bigger problem like showing him a James Bond movie, for instance, um, mm -hmm. because that's a guy. Because when when it happens in Captain America, you're never like, oh, cool. But when James Bond shoots people, you're like, yeah, kill him, kill those <laughs> yeah. motherfuckers. And and I don't I don't want to desensitize him to the effects of violence, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so all that being said, you know, he's, you know, coming up on eight, you know, I was watching Jedi when I was, you know, it came out when I was seven and they would have let me see it when I was five. No, so, no, I watched all that stuff when I was a kid, like for sure, like we and stuff. And I didn't, so, it didn't affect me. <laughs> so we watched, uh, we started, we, uh, today we finished, uh, we took a break from the live action ones. We finished the Clone Wars movie, which is a, a sludge to get through. Oh although I like gosh, it. You did. You really did. Well, like, I like it. I like it. I like it better now in the context of knowing the show. So Ahsoka doesn't like bug me the way she did because I know how cool she becomes. So it's like it's like watching early Buffy episodes and watching Cordelia and not getting as annoyed by Cordelia because you know that Cordelia becomes awesome. Um, but like, it's uh, like, maybe. 
like like it was it was easier for me to or or Willow for instance like if you weren't into Mickey Willow the whiny Willow um whiny Willow <laughs> she's more she's more interesting um in retrospect when you know what she becomes um and so in that way Ahsoka did not rub me the wrong way because now instead of seeing her as this annoying capricious little teenager um I saw her as you know here she is at the beginning of what is going to be a difficult and dark journey for her. Um, and so in the context of it, I liked it better than I used to. It still was a difficult get-through, and I'm kind of like, let's get to the show. Let's get to the show. Let's get, <laughs> let's get halfway through season one, and then we'll be in good shape, because I still know the first couple episodes of season one are for kids, and then they abandon that idea completely. They <laughs> <laughs> abandon that idea completely. Yeah, then they're like, you know, uh, let's just deal with you know, order six. fuck it. My understanding is I haven't seen season six. It just came out on Netflix, and my understanding is they deal with Order sixty six in the show. They deal with the fact that these clones that you get to know, because you get to know the clones in the show, they deal with the fact that these clones are going to murder all the Jedi. I mean, it's like, like it's dark. yeah, it's not exactly kid fair. I don't, you know. Yeah. Um, Unless it's my kids, you know, because if I had kids, they would just be. It would be like you remember that Robin Williams bit, <laughs> like yeah. where he'd be like, "Fuck you." That must be the Williams. Uh, um, we're like my my goal. I know it's gonna take it. It took us forever to get through Tron, and that was only 13 episodes. It's gonna take us a while to get through the Clone Wars, and I'm excited about it because I'm hoping that it'll take us at least a year, which means by the time we're done uh, with Clone Wars, we'll be coming up on the summer before. Oh, they're know. gonna have the sequel come out. Yeah, and then by then there will be trailers out for it, and then we can start a rewatch of the movies again in a year and a half, and gear up. And Star Wars Rebels will be on TV, and you'll just be able to like really, like get ready for this movie to come out. And I want him to be as hyped for it as I am. And he's say he's loving it, man. He's just loving, loving the Star Wars. Does he not like Star Trek then? Well, I, you know, I've got a, so I've always had a Star Wars plan. I tried it before and it didn't work. And now Star Wars is happening. So I do have a Star Trek plan, actually, in mind. Um, I still think he's a little young. I think that, that uh, once I, I think he's going to have the same problem with the original series that I had if I show him anything else first, really, to really no, watch. No, you should start with that, I think. I do, too. I do, too. Yeah. Um, and even any of the others, I think that 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 next gen, like I think DS9 is better than the original series. But if you don't know the original series, you don't get the context. And I think that to get the context of the show and of the universe, you have to start with an understanding of the original series. So I do want to start with that. But I think that it's still too heady for him. I think he'd be bored. So I'm probably going to be looking around when he's nine or ten, and then just start make that the show that we watch, like the original series all the way through Enterprise, and just go for it. Until he's like 18, because that's how long it'll take. <laughs> Gotta take a while. Um, so, uh, how about you? Any any geek stuff? You mentioned Farscape. That's a, that's a word I'd not heard you say before. Are you watching that now? Yeah, I um, you know, I guess I'd always seen like Farscape and um, and Babylon Five, and I always felt like those just want to be Star Trek. They're poopy. I'm not gonna watch them. Um. And the difference with Farscape is I'd never actually seen any. Like, I'd seen parts of Babylon 5, and I was like, they're just trying to rip off Deep Space Nine, and they're poopy, they're aliens suck, and fuck that show. So that's right. me, right, hating on so, Babylon so, 5. So, so in retrospect, a lot of people think that um, Babylon 5 was actually like proposed to the network before DS9 was. So really? it, might, it might actually have been the other way around, or it might just have been coincidence that they were both at the same time. But I think that nobody... 
in the know actually thinks that DS9 ripped them. Is that might be the other way around, or it's a coincidence? But in no way did did they rip off DS9. So there's a little bit of insider info for you, sirs and ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead. Fair enough. But I I didn't ever like the bits of that show I saw, and I'd never seen any bits of Farscape. And you know, for a couple times now, I would go to you know Netflix, and it would you know be up there and suggested for me. And I was like, and uh, side note, Netflix, by the way, like it suggested um, Star Trek, the move, the motion picture, right? Here's the thing, it suggested it to me. Ba- it said based on my what was it, the le- interest. my interest in the Crudes, not you know the what? fact that I watch all the other Star Trek series, not that, because I was interested in the Crudes at one point. The Croods is good, by the way. I was so it surprised. It is very good. I really enjoyed it, but like, I just I thought that was funny. That is funny. Okay. Oh. Because of my interests, it has suggested Farscape on several occasions, and um, every time I see the picture for it, there's this really cool-looking blue chick, and I'm like, I like blue chicks. They're hot. I wonder about that. I want to know what's going on. Maybe I should watch it. And so, like, I started it, and the first episode, like, I, I feel like the the show was done in, like, Australia, because, like, there's a lot of Australians in it. Um, and so, the like, it has a feel to it, almost like British TV, I guess. Um, and what I didn't know, but I suspected, because there's so, like, really good puppetry work, and the, and the creature effects are super, super cool. Uh, it's actually uh, Brian Henson. Oh, okay. Jim Henson's son, I think. Um, was heavily involved in producing and, and making that show happen, and and it shows. And it's it's so not Star Trek though. Like it's interesting because it explores the you know the human condition, the idea that you're not alone, um, in a very different kind of way though. Because they're like on a prison ship, and the ship is like a living ship, which is actually pretty interesting. And they have like they just they've come up with their own aliens, and they're very intricate, and they have they've really fleshed out the universe, right? Which is what I like about Star Trek. You know, when you meet certain aliens, like, they give you insight into them, and then as you, you know, certain species are more, you know, involved in the show, like, say, Worf, you know, being a Klingon, like, you learn a lot more about Klingons than, like, say, the Breen or something, but yeah. it's it's like that, but it's totally different. Like, they've come up with their own intricacies, and, and they've really fleshed it out, and the more I watch it, the more I really like it. And, like, the dude is growing on me. I think in the first episode I was kind of like, I don't know, it's a little bit cheesy. And I don't know, he's, I don't know about him. And then, like, now he's, like, hot, though. Like, now I'm like, damn. Other sci-fi shows aside, we are here to talk about one show in particular. And, and by that one show, I mean five shows, an animated series, and 12 movies. <laughs> <laughs> that one show with you all know those that one shows. Show. Um. And today we're going to talk about, um, at your suggestion, um, you have just started season four, I guess, of Star Trek The Next Generation. Well, so Mr. A, like I said, he's like on a watch, like I've got him sort of on a like watch through of, like we started with the original series and then now we're into Next Gen. And um, you had told me that you had watched like the end of season three and the beginning of season four, that two-parter uh, Borg episode. And so I was like, oh, I will watch that. And I watched it and then like, Mr. A was working, and, like, I was like, you haven't gotten there yet. I was like, but you're not far. So it was only a few episodes away. I was like, let's let's fucking do that shit. Let's let's keep going. We'll, you know, let's keep on task. And then we got there, and he was like, I cannot even imagine having watched this when it Like when it first aired? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. 
Like, think about it, man. I remember, it. I like, did. I remember watching it when it was on the air, and I, yeah, I was crazy. Oh, and man. they had the. I was like, what? They had the rumors that Patrick Stewart had quit, and like, yeah, and that that's what and this there was. was. You know, this... There was, you know, it was a consideration that maybe they were gonna go ahead and he was gonna leave the show, and then you know, Riker was gonna take over, and it was like, what? What? Yeah. And like, because they'd already killed Tasha, it wasn't impossible. It's so funny that this is um that this episode this particular episode now I watched the first season like everyone else I had watched uh, the original series uh, in reruns and then when it came out I watched the first season some of it I watched through Tasha's death I was really moved and affected by the fact I never ha- watched a show where a main character died I was like that could happen um, <laughs> and then I got out of it um, and I stopped watching because I wasn't that big of a Star Trek fan um, and what uh, what happened next um, was that uh, that I was at a friend of mine's house, my friend Steve, um, who would never listen to this show. <laughs> um, uh, and I was at his house, and uh, Best of Both Worlds Part 1 came on. I knew the characters well enough to kind of know what was going on to a point. But we totally made fun of the Borg. We thought the Borg were the funniest things in the world. So we came up with, like, the Borg, like, like rules for life. So we, like, had this thing that we wrote, like, the relevancy of your relevance is irrelevant. And, like, just, like, trying to do, like, arguments with the Borg, like, you are irrelevant. If you think that that you are relevant, that is irrelevant. Your (laughs) thoughts about your relevancy is irrelevant to us. irrelevant. And just, like, we did that. It was was something that we did. But I also had in the back of my mind what was going to happen, what was going to happen, what was going to happen. And that was Destination TV for me. Um... Right, is it because I moved that summer, right? Because that was uh, that would have been uh, the show started in '87. Season one ends in '88. Season two would have ended in '89. Season three would have ended in '90. So that would have been the summer before high school started for me. And I moved from where I was living, where this guy was, who I'm still friends with, um, uh, to where I ended up going to high school in Maryland. And so, uh, again, I got out of it. Again, I stopped watching, and so I don't think I ever saw on first run what happened next because Star Trek was at the time not destination television for me. Um, I didn't wow. really get into it until late. I would catch it from time to time if it was on, but I just wasn't. I didn't watch it until the end of season four. Um, uh, it was actually of all things the reappearance of Tasha Yar that made me go, "What the fuck." No, like I should be watching this shit. Like this, why? <laughs> you know, like when when Sela comes in at the like at the end of uh, that's what pulled me back into the show finally. Um, so I remember wanting to know what happened. I remember talking about what would happen, but I don't remember um, the anticipation because there were so many other things happening that summer, and and I wasn't in hardcore like I would be later in life. What about you? Do you remember? Like like you and I are like the same age, right? This would have been the same time for you. Yeah, I mean, I I think I I'm trying to think. I graduated in '95, so so this was eighth grade. This is summer for yeah. So I um, but I remember like you, you think about the way that that episode actually ends, right? So like, it's they've they've got Picard. Well, let's let's, let's like, pause real quick, just in case anybody isn't like. 
if you're living under a rock, right? <laughs> so, so, um, so when the episode opens up, we hear about these, uh, we hear about these attacks that have been happening that they've been hinting at since the end of season one, with the Romulans showing up. That these cities have been scooped up and scooped up, scooped up. Then we met the Borg in season two, and they were going to be coming. Blah 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 blah. Well, finally, we start hearing that stuff's happening again, and then boom, they show up. Because they're showing up, um, they bring the uh, the Borg uh, specialist, Commander Shelby, onto uh, the Enterprise at the same time that Commander Riker is being offered a new job. And she's basically like, well, fucking, I want your job, motherfucker. And he's like, what? Well, well maybe I... here's the thing, too. Like, she... Like, I, this I do remember. I don't remember being angered by her when, like, in, in the same way that I'm angered by her now, like, upon rewatch. Because I'm like... Why is it you have this fucking ambitious person, you know, this ambitious woman? Why you got? Why she got to be a bitch? Like fuck that shit. You know what I mean? Like that. That like makes me angry now. Whereas before, I just was like, she's a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, but I didn't have like sort of a a women's lib response to that. I guess it yeah. was just like she's a fucking bitch. Fuck that bitch. Yeah. Like, why she get all up in Riker's face and like disobeying orders and shit and like. I can't believe she fucking like at one point she goes to like over his head and I'm like what? Yeah. Like, Although his response is brilliant. His response oh, is so. Oh yeah. Like it was worth her doing it to watch his response to her. I guess I would have rather it have been a douche. Like there are enough men on that show that I feel like there are enough men on that show that aren't douchebags, right? That like if it had been a dude who was a douchebag, I don't think I would have been so offended. Like yeah. I would be so upset. But there are so few female characters on the show. In general, and here was an opportunity to have somebody, you know, be, you know, spunky and 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 have some aggression, but like not have her be a bitch, well, right? So, and they just they so, didn't do that. So moving on, Commander Cunty has come aboard the Enterprise. Yes. To, <laughs> That's totally her to, name. To uh to to help out because she knows a lot about the Borg, and she's become their resident specialist or whatever. Yeah, and she and and the and, Admir- and meanwhile, Riker has been given he's been offered another command, which Picard didn't know. Yeah, and uh, and so they're they're all considering what's going to happen with Riker and whether or not he's going to remain. And then the Borg come and they do all the typical Borg shit that they do. And the Enterprise goes over and they don't react because the Borg don't don't react. Um, but then uh, and things are weird because it seems like the Borg like once you when they have when they finally make contact. Sorry, Picard. lost you for a second. Go on. What'd you say again? They want Picard specifically. And they and get that's it. Weird. Right? Like, that's odd behavior from what we know of the Borg. Like, so, why would they care about one individual in particular? So, so the, the episode ends with, uh, again, it, if you haven't been, like, living under a rock, Picard gets captured and gets Borgified. He gets turned into a Borg, and they come up with this awesome weapon that's going to totally destroy the Borg cube in one shot. It's going to totally wreck everything, and Picard's going to die, and they're going to blow up the cube, and it ends with this moment um, that's like one of the... like If you look at the any list of the top 50, uh, top 50 um, two-parters on television, this is always in the top 10. Like You always catch this, and, and this is often like the number one uh, season finale of all time. It's just R- Riker going, Mr. Worf, fire. Fire. And, like, and it's like, I mean, the build-up, the suspense there. Like, if you were to time it, like, you would be surprised. It's probably, like, from the moment that he says, Mr. Worf, 
So the point where he says fire, fire is probably 30 seconds. And then cut to black. Like, no shot. You don't see what no, happens. No, nothing, nothing. You're like, <gasps> So if you liked if you liked Buffy and they did the quick cut to Joss Whedon or you liked Lost where the, something happened in the end and boom, Lost, that started here. This yep. is that. This is when that started. This moment where, <gasps> what's going to happen next? Well, of course, what happens next is terrible. It's I hate it. That's just like, oh, fizzle, 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 didn't work. And you're like, really? Like all of that, Mr. Warfire just was like fizzle, fizzle, fizzle. And I, I disagree. I, I don't think it's like because here's the thing. Like I, I almost found the when it doesn't work more frightening. I would agree with you if that happened within the episode, but the fact that you waited all summer to find out what the mega weapon's going to do... Well, I guess for me, I wanted Picard to live, so I didn't give a fuck. Yeah, right? on, a, on a binge watch, it's better this way, but on uh, over a summer, I, can't, I have to imagine that the people watching are like, okay, let's see what super weapon's going to do, and it goes fizzle, and they're like, really? No, I didn't have that reaction, because I was too busy going... These kids, they're going to kill him? They're, no! Like, and I i didn't care how he didn't die, right? Like, yeah, all that no, mattered to me was that once they showed it, that he didn't die. Whatever he, that looked like, I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he will wish that he had because he ends up experiencing uh, something terrible. He is forced to murder lots and lots and lots and lots of people at War oh, 359. Yeah, I mean, the moment that they come up on... This, this know, the graveyard, the, four, the three, ship four, graveyard. whatever. Like it's like four, three five nine. Three five nine. Thank you. It's like oh my gosh. Yeah. Like just destroy. And of course, and this I remember is that shot. I remember. Like there's the the last ship that she names off is the one that Riker had been offered. Yeah, I, and I remember that shot. I mean, I remember that shot. I've oh, never yeah. seen anything like that in Star Trek. Like, no, they don't do that. The, it was like what the. It's so dark. Um, yeah. It's um, devastating, just devastating, and they've been so scary up until that point to begin with, like, and now they've got, arguably, the greatest captain at the time, the greatest mind in Starfleet, and they've raped his mind, and they and they know all his stuff, and, and then, they know all it's like, they're fucked. You know what I mean? Like that's your perception as you're watching. They are. Fucked. Like there's no way out of this, man. Like it's and so Guinan, Guinan shows up, tells Riker he's gotta be tricky. They get Picard, they put the Borg to sleep using data. Um the Borg ship blows up at the last possible moment and everything's fine, right? No, because then they do something they'd never done on Star Trek before, which is they had a next episode, which was and I get you get the sense that that Picard is damaged from the Borg. You get the oh, sense yeah. of damage from the Borg. When, in fact, there's only one episode of him being damaged and then one reference to it later on a non-Borg episode, and then it, he's always damaged again when the Borg come back, but it's like it never happened after that point. So that says something about the power of that next episode, which is called Family, um, that it hits you so hard, that episode, that even though there are four more seasons afterward and they maybe mention the Borg thing five times at all over the course of the next four seasons, that next episode is so um, emotionally powerful that you just know that Picard's hurting from then on. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, we don't need to, we don't need to be reminded. Like, and seriously, Patrick Stewart is just fucking brilliant. 
in so, the scene yeah. with his brother. So let's talk about that episode. You know, the next the next episode that happens is that they do something that Next Gen also had not done, which is yeah, there was to, it wasn't yeah it wasn't a direct continuation, and yet it was like there wasn't at the beginning of that episode it wasn't like last time on Star Trek. But they did. They spent time on Earth, and that's like that's something yeah. that they don't do. They just went to Earth. There was no exploration. There was nothing. They went. They had to go home and lick their wounds. Yeah. And it was. Um. There's great stuff with the wharf that happens, but it's all B story as far as I'm concerned. They they keep Picard with the scar on his head, um, um, and he goes and visits his brother, and it's just uh, like it's just this this simple little family drama, um. Where his brother basically abuses him to the point where he breaks down and cry, just weeps. And how can you not weep with him? Oh, um, I know. And it's it's and it's, it's because he's been like, and and it gives you so much insight to, into him though as as a character, right? Because you've always known Picard was awesome, right? But like this is your opportunity where you hear what it might have been like for somebody else in the shadow of his awesomeness and just how long that awesomeness extends. You know what I mean? Like, oh, and the and the Picard is vulnerable to his brother's jabs, and that he's oh, like yeah. that he's and that's you never got that sense before. As good as season three was, and as much as they hinted at other things, Picard in season three was still the same stodgy Picard from season one. He was maybe a little softer, but he was still. You never had gotten into his head, and now you are. Yeah, now and I think you know you get sort of this interesting, like, I guess you've never really heard about his family before now, right? And yeah. once you see that dynamic, you totally get why. And, like, his brother's wife, for the record, is the bomb. Like, she's so awesome. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, here's a woman who's literally never met this guy. And she's been in contact with him, keeping him updated on the family, because his brother hasn't. Yeah. You know? Like... That's amazing. He's like, who does that? That's like so awesome. And he's like, thank you for making me feel like, you know, I never thanked you for all your communications and making me feel like I was part of the family. She's like, be silly. Of course, you're you are not like you're part of the family. You are part of the family. Like, well, and that's and that's the thing. The Picard you get at the end of Star Trek: The Next Generation when he's coming to sit down and play poker, and he's like, you're the finest crew in the fleet, and all that. He's like a different guy from the first episode. Um, and the way his personality changes, I think it starts here, that one, the audience gets to see him softer, and he's been damaged and saved, and I just think that he handles things a little bit different from this point forward. Um, I mean, don't you get that sense? Like, he's not that, he's not all business anymore. I mean, I guess so. I guess I always felt like he, you know, had a, a personal relationship with his crew. Sure. Um, I think when he decides to rededicate himself, like, I think what was crazy in this episode was that, like, even though he survives the attack, um, it seems like he's maybe going to leave Starfleet. Yeah. And that's huge, especially after what you hear about his past and, and that this is all he's ever worked toward from, you know, a small child. It's like, fuck, like, that's... That's huge, and like his brother, you know, kind of being a bully is the one that points it out to him. That's like this, this shit's gonna be with you for a long time. Like you just have to decide where that's gonna be. Like so, coming here to work under the water with you know his old buddy Lewis or whatever. Like it's like that's you're still gonna have this. It's not gonna go away because you're not out in space. Well, and I think so, the 
the other thing that you get as a viewer, along with all of that, and the idea that this guy could be tempted away from from Starfleet, which is amazing, is the is the uh, the meta knowledge that Patrick Stewart is a great actor. So far, you've known him. He was Shakespearean. He can command a stage. He's very kingly. He's a lot of it. But now you see the 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 depth that he can take his performance to that you had not seen before. Um, and oh yeah, like he, if you uh, if you don't cry when he breaks down with his brother about how he should have been stronger, how he should have yeah. fought. Like seriously, <laughs> like you know as much as as much as I love Shatner, Shatner could never get me there. And as much as I love Avery Brooks, he tries. But he never quite got me there. Um, nobody ever got me there. Like Patrick Stewart has the ability to make you hurt with him. Yeah. Um, and and that is, I mean, that is that that is when you finally realize what you had on your hands in terms of this actor and this performer, and and the fact that he will, no matter what is going on, he will always be a show. He will always be a guy to watch. Yeah. Um. Uh, um I, think I, I know you said that that was like a, a side story for Worf, but I, yeah. I I feel like he's on his own, you know, mini journey as well. And his and I think you need that. Like, I mean that that particular episode makes you cry a lot if you're me, yeah. um, because it's like Worf's family. They're so cute, you know. They're so sweet, and they are like the best parents in the whole world. You know what I mean? And he's been dishonored at this point, right? Like, he's basically, to preserve the Empire, he has accepted discommendation. Yeah. Even though his, his father is innocent, and he knows it and they know it. And he, you know, his parents are like, you're not alone. Like, we're, no, we're with you in this. He's like, I must bear my shame alone. And like, no. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, well, fuck yeah. I think that's why you call it family. Let me ask you a question about this um, this episode um, because it, it goes to the next thing that I want to talk about, um, which is Star Trek Generations. Can you watch this episode without thinking about Generations? Because I can't. Yeah, Generations no, I can't anymore. Yeah, because I know now that he loses his family and um, his brother, his brother, and his and and nephew. Nephew. Um, I'm angry at that. You know, I'm the more I think about generations, you could have it was all about Picard being hurt and needing to be healed from his hurt. I understand that. But I felt like it was underhanded to kill those characters cuz I cared about you only see him once, but I cared about those characters. And I felt like the way they they die off screen and you see Picard's response and it's just sort of a thing that happens and it could have been any tragic thing that happened. It could be you know, my best friend from Starfleet died of cancer or something. It could be anything. But it's just like, yeah, these two characters you liked and you liked that we got to know. We spent a whole episode getting to know and caring about them. They died in a... They burned to death in a fire. It's nuts to me. Yeah, that. but I think that you can't... You don't get the same... Like, the reason they, they you know, swept his family out from under, under him was to, like, because that was the point. Right, yeah. like that's the one thing his life was like. He could get okay with a longtime friend dying. He could get okay, you know what I mean, with almost anything else. But this was for him, you know, having that connection and and realizing that he has given his life to the Enterprise. Right, 
like it was like, but that's okay because my brother is upholding the old traditions and he's got a son and you know what I mean? Like that yeah. is going to carry on regardless of my decisions. So like I don't have to worry about that stuff. It just makes this episode harder to watch for me. And and do you think me, who who I, I have this reputation with you. That you um, love it when uh, people that I love when people die, and I love when people are hurt, and I love consequence. But like this, just felt like like I invested so much in this episode. I love watching this episode. If I want a good cathartic cry episode, this or the inner light of Next Gen are the ones to watch. And I can't watch this one anymore because all I'm thinking about is these guys are going to die burning, screaming in a fire. It's just it's it's it's. Yeah. I mean, the I don't other... know that it, that it plagues me in the same way. I don't know that it's like all I can think about, but like, it definitely does. Like, yo, fuck, they're fucking, they die. That fucking sucks. You know what I mean? Because you're like, because it's so cute when he first meets his nephew, and he uh, and he says, yeah. "I'm your uncle," and it's just like it's adorable, and and you see that you know not only does his brother help him through this tough time, but like he, you know, helps his brother in ways. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, it's a while it's a sort of what does he say? He's like, I still don't like you. Um, while it's a contentious relationship, like they definitely there's value there. They and love each other. Yeah, and he, yeah. you know, lets his boy sit out for a little while longer, dreaming about the star. You know. Yeah. As a result, I think. Um, because he's course. sort of a curmudgeon, and he wants to everything to stay the way it was, and not have replicators, and not you know what I mean, not progress. Um, I wanted to. You know, I wanted to call this Poor Picard because it's about Poor Picard, and, and I think The Inner Light is an episode that I wanted to bring up. We can just talk about it on its own. I think a, a great place to end, of course, uh, is end where you began, which is with Star Trek First Contact, um, which is if Generations is is the is the end of family, Star Trek First Contact is the end of Picard's relationship with Best of Both Worlds, and 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 how deep seated. Uh, the damage is to him because um, if you think about that moment where you know the line must be drawn here this far no oh, I will make them pay for what they've done and then you know she goes blow up the damn ship and he screams no no and he smashes that like the beginning of his Captain Ahab journey is here yeah it's like they hurt him and he's a guy I'm Captain Picard I don't get hurt yeah like he can handle him. shit you know and and by the time you know, I can't watch this uh, either family or both to both worlds without thinking of that moment with him and Lily in first contact, smashing the model ships, just losing it, just absolutely losing it, yeah. um, with the buried emotions that he holds on to from this because he is just damaged. He's just fucking damaged by this, and to think that he holds on to it for so long. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's ever something that he truly gets rid of. You know? Like, how can you? Like, if you're that character who's, you know what I mean, can handle anything up to that point. Like, he, he deals with loss. He deals with all this other stuff. He's, you know what I mean, he's a badass. He's, he's, he's contemplative. He's like, you just, you don't imagine him having weakness. Yeah. You know? And they take him over. And make him kill people. And he's aware to some extent when it's going on and can do nothing to stop it. 
Like, there's that fucking shot. Oh, my God, it's so terrible. Like, when they're they're showing the Borg, like, in the first part, I guess they, they haven't finished sort of Borgifying him. They've, like, started to Borgify him, but they haven't finished it. And then they show in the next one, like, when they kind of finish it up or whatever, and he's, like, there's just this shot where there's this single tear. The tear, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Gosh. Yeah. It just gets you, man. It's, like, oh. Poor Picard. Poor Picard. Dude. Yeah. Like, and, and poor everybody else, because, like, they thing, like, I, I, this is the thing, like, Shelby could have not been a bitch at this point, and, like, and she was she could have, she's like, I almost got him, I'm sorry I didn't get him, like, we can try again, and, you know, you think she's done with her being bitchy and shitty, and, like, for every fucking two seconds, and then Riker, this, and this is, I think, the moment that solidified my hatred for her, is Riker is like, no, we we have to stop it here. Like we have to fire our weapon. We won't get another chance, and there's more at stake. And then she's like, get so get you know fucking Admiral so and so on the line. And he's like, shut the fuck up, right? I know. And it's like, do you imagine you fucking whore that <laughs> I don't fucking love that man more than you ever possibly could? Like how fucking dare you? Like, I just want to bitch slap her so bad. Like, well, who I, the fuck does she think she is? Like, well, if I, Riker knows he has to do what he has to do, and he fucking loves that man, and she barely knows him, fuck you! I just want to do really bad things to her. Well, I don't know if you saw the cut scene from Family, like, when he's there on the ground. It, it didn't make the episode, and he's crying with his brother, and then Shelby just shows up and drops a fucking load <laughs> in his mouth. And she just shits right on his crying face. <laughs> There, he's already covered with mud. I almost wouldn't be surprised that <laughs> fucking bitch. He, he just he just looks up and he goes, he's, ah, Commander Shelby, and she's she's like, no, oh, yes, sir. Before I leave, I'm about to depart, but here, and she just pulls down her pants and just dumps right in his mouth. He's, I just thought I'd do this before I leave, right there, and he's like, oh, that, <laughs> make it corn. You know, I don't know. It's just bizarre. I'm really glad they cut it because it just it was inappropriate. Yeah. And always, I and the yeah. censors. I think it was the censors that chose because it was it was a juicy wet one, right in his mouth. Ew. Okay. I know. Hater. Hater. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hater. But. <laughs> and we get to see it evidently. And, and you know something else that you don't think about that like occurred to me upon the rewatch is like when he takes over as captain, and he's got to pick a first officer, and like. He picks that bitch, right? Like, I understand why they do it in the episode, because the reality is that nobody is staying... You know what I mean? Like, that Picard comes back and everybody is where they're supposed to be. But, like, can you imagine being Worf? Like, Data, I get. Like, Data doesn't have feelings, right? So, like, he's not going to have an emotional response to being passed up for a promotion. But, like, to be like, Worf, you're awesome, you're solid, I like you. I can't even stand this bitch, but... Um, the story dictates that I make her my my second in command, so that's what's gonna have to happen, buddy. Like, it's well, just. And, it, I just love that Warp gets promoted when people die. It's just like, like right, Lieutenant that's Warp, the only way that poor fucker gets promoted ever. Um, you know, as uh, as a final um send off to the poor Picard story, I'm gonna jump over to Star Trek Voyager. I just uh today watched um the final episode of Voyager Endgame where it's Janeway, old Janeway and young Janeway versus the Borg Queen. 
Um, and through the the entirety of Voyager, the Borg Queen Borg Queen had been played by Susanna Thompson. But for the final episode, they got Alice Craigie or whatever her name is from uh, First Contact to come back. Mm. Um, and talking about what we're talking about and looking at how shitty the Borg got in Voyager. Um, oh, I like I like Voyager, and I like the Borg. And I even like some of what Voyager did with the Borg. I think they did some interesting things with Seven and with some of the things of the Borg. But with the, when you get to the end, and it's basically a pissing contest between the, like Janeway and, and the Borg Queen, and you think of how scary they were back at Wolf 359, and now oh, it's just like the Borg Queen's like... like the army of the Borg are there, and Voyager is able to blow them away and destroy their hub. Yeah, and blah, it really blah, 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 blah. like and, yeah, and 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 because you, you got to think about in this ep- in the fucking best of both worlds, they're like fucking. They throw everything they have at it, like all their phasers, all their photon torpedoes, everything at one fucking cube and nothing, like nothing. That's and, terrifying. And now it's like all the Borg are there. And what's the Borg Queen do? She doesn't just annihilate them. She just like she sits and she talks and she pontificates and blah blah blah. Yeah, blah. all the just, fucking it, bullshit. And and it, it just like I look at what they did to the Borg. I'm so thankful for you know there there's not a lot of times I will say the Enterprise is better than Voyager, and I think the Enterprise did a lot wrong. But their Borg episode on Enterprise terrifying. is really good. It's yeah. what the Borg used to be. And yeah, they're the, actually scary and stuff. I still say there's room for the Borg in the new Star Trek universe, and I would love to see that. I would love to see how Kirk handles the fucking Borg. Like, like I want to see Kirk against the immovable object, like just that you can't reason with, you can't even get mad at it. And Kirk tries all the shit that Kirk does, where he's like, I'm a brash flyboy, and I can get you just with gumption, and the Borg don't give a shit about gumption. They're just like they—they they will just do what they do. Um, I would love to see that be the third Star Trek movie with the Klingon Civil War being the fourth. I—I I want them to hold off that or the Klingon War that they're gearing up for. I want to see the Borg versus Kirk, and it's the only way we're ever going to get it. JJ, are you listening? It would be <laughs> yeah, amazing. Sure it would be amazing. JJ, listen. Oh, J- oh, he's not doing it now, actually. So whoever is doing it next. Are you serious? Yeah. You no, know, he's a little busy making a different Star movie right now. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, this is great. This is fun. I think that I, I don't even think this is a long one, but I'm, don't, I'm not going to split it. I like it. It was good. Good show. Okay. Great show. <laughs> great. Uh, I'm happy with it. I, I will not show up and take wet, juicy poops in anyone's mouth today because of how happy I am with the show. Wow. That's, that's good for everyone then. I think. Well, I do my best. I'm here to serve. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. Trick off. Trick off, bitches. You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the not safe for work Star Trek podcast. Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture. Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper. Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy. And Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to Geeks radio.com or searching geeks radio on itunes geeks radio is a presentation of endlight entertainment